This is Hammett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. If you like what you're listening to, rake, uh, rant, rant, what am I doing? Uh, rank us, star us, give us the things and the stars. Like rank what you're Whatever listening Whatever iTunes to. does now, who knows? Oh, one cool thing that people can do if they feel strongly about me is write a weird manifesto and tweet it at me. <laughs> That's a fun... Let me tell you why I'm not listening to you anymore, Jessica. That's really fun for me, and it did occupy much of my Sunday <laughs> evening, which was cool. You weren't as, uh, as defensive of me as um, one would hope they would be with their co-host. I believe I was doing something Sunday night, so I had time to <laughs> look at rude. it. I I laughed, and then I moved on. Yeah, a guy just like emailed our joint email account once again for the bajillionth time addressing Hammond even though it's our <laughs> joint account and telling Hammond how he needs to control me which lol <laughs> and then he screen he was so mad he screen grabbed it and tweeted it anyway sorry like fucking nobody misses you dude I don't give a fuck what you think he's not about listening me. to this so it's okay yeah you say it. I'm just telling everybody else like <laughs> I don't care what you think of me the first 30 years of my life all I cared about was people thought of me my 30s it's very very freeing. Fuck y'all. <laughs> Here's on that note, at all, yeah. Uh, I'm speaking in Madison, Wisconsin, on Saturday. On that note, uh, Free Thought Festival Eight. Google it. It's happening. It's mm-hmm. free. You do have to register though, so go do that. Mm-hmm. Yay, Madison. It's Madison. Spring has sprung here in the uh, Midwest. I, I so hope it's it nice. won't be a uh, winter terror escape. I have a story for you that you are going to love. Oh. Well, okay. Love or like love ironically? Yeah, we'll okay. see. Okay. Hit so me. here's the story. Imagine the most embarrassing thing your your mom or dad could do to you when you are in college. And this story tops that. <laughs> so a woman named Marianne White last week, she sent a letter to a student-run newspaper on the campus of Notre Dame. And it's called The Observer. Here's the letter that she wrote. She said at the beginning, I've thought about writing this for a long time. I hoped it would be unnecessary. I know, where am I going with this? (laughs) Uh, I thought this would be unnecessary, but that doesn't seem to be happening. I'm just a Catholic mother of four sons with a problem that only girls can solve. She is talking about... Sex? Leggings. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. She was at mass recently with her family, and she saw these young women wearing Wait, I'm just, leggings. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm just going to do a quick yeah. pause a here. This is a mother. Yeah. I think her kids attend Notre Dame. Her, ten, her kids attend Notre Dame. Yeah. And she's writing to the, like, is it like an opinion column? It or is like a letter, like to, a the letter to the editor. Oof. And Doofa. her Go name's ahead. on it, which means you could probably figure out who her kids are. I don't know. Anyway. She said she was at Mass. These women walked into, uh, the girls walked into Mass, Mm -hmm. uh, all wearing very snug-fitting leggings, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Some of them truly looked as though the leggings had been painted on them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to skip forward here. Uh, Here's the the parts. Um, I'm ashamed for the young women at Mass. I thought all of the other men around and behind us who couldn't help but see their behinds, she thought about them. My son's no better than to ogle a woman's body. Mm -hmm. Ogle, ogle. Certainly when I'm around, and hopefully also when I'm not, they didn't stare and they didn't comment afterwards, but you couldn't help but see those blackly naked rear ends. Blackly naked? I didn't want to see them, but they were unavoidable. How much more difficult for young guys to ignore them. 
I've heard women say that they like leggings mm-hmm. slash yoga pants. I'm wearing them right now. All right. Because they're, quote, comfortable. So are pajamas. So is nakedness. Um, <laughs> she okay. goes on. We, would not, uh, we don't go naked because we respect the other people who must see us, whether they would or not. That's not why. Um, and she goes on. <laughs> we don't go naked because it's cold most of the time. Here's the end of the letter. Leggings are so naked, so form-fitting, so exposing. Could you think of the mothers of sons the next time you go shopping and consider choosing jeans instead? Let Notre Dame girls be the first to turn their backsides on leggings. She made a mom joke. You have every right to wear them, but you have every right to choose not to. That's not how right. Actually, how she ends this. Thanks for listening to the lecture. Catholic moms are good at those. Like, hashtag, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Um, so that was an actual letter that the pap- school paper must have been like, oh, my God, we got to publish this they're shit. like, if we publish this, we might get on a bottom-ranked podcast about atheism. <laughs> Damn right. Um, so they did. Lots and of they did. there. <laughs> oh, is there more to the story? There's no more. Well, oh, there's more to the story. They published this. Uh-huh. Commenters are like, the hell? Uh-huh. Like, the boys can turn away if they can't handle it. Yeah. Women can wear whatever the hell they want. Correct. It's not our job to change what we wear because your kids can't deal with it at mass. Correct. Much less anywhere else. But here's the awesome thing about this. Uh, a Facebook event formed. <laughs> I, I don't know who started it. There is an answer to that. But whoever started it basically said, hey, Notre Dame women... This week yes. on these days, we are all wearing leggings, leggings, leggings and we're all that's our like protest against this crazy, insane mother who thinks writing to the <sighs> school newspaper and saying, ladies, watch yourselves is the way to go. And here's what I don't know. I don't know what I don't know who her sons are. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they think about this letter. I don't know if they're like, oh my God, how could you write that? Or, or they're like, yeah. Yeah. I can't I, control my penis. Right. I don't know the answer to that, uh-huh. but that actually happened. And the protest happened this week. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Lots to uh lots to unpack here. <laughs> so I'm wearing leggings literally this very moment. It's Heaven, you're so brave to not be distracted by me. I mean, I, was I am looking at my computer. I mean, <laughs> at other leggings. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's all terrible. I thought it was going to be like a diatribe about formality in church. No, <laughs> but no, it was worse than that. Yeah, I'm. The irony is, she's the one who was looking. Yeah, yeah, like that's sort of a weird thing of like maybe <laughs> you should do some introspection, lady. If you're like, I could not help but stare. They're blackly naked. Rear that ends. makes me extremely uncomfortable. Please do not say that again. <laughs> oh God, it's all bad. It's bad from toe to tip. It's bad. She also said, by the way, she was mad at women who quote voluntarily expose their nether regions in this way. Their nether regions? Uh-huh. Isn't that your? That's pr- not how pants work. That's not great. It's the opposite of pants. Yeah, no, I think the crusade against leggings is among the stupidest fights <laughs> that one can fight. And it means that this lady went to a church where that's in the middle of all these sexual abuse scandals. She's still going there. That's like, it point. doesn't bother her enough to say, I'm not going to this church anymore. But, like, women wearing pants that make them comfortable? How dare you? Uh, I just... I mean, what's what else is there to say about this shit? Like, 
this weird, like, duplicitous nature of, like, oh, we're anti-Sharia law because they make women cover up their bodies, but then, like, ladies, can you cover up your, like... And you know if they wear, like, any resemblance of, like, tight jeans, she'll be mad at those, too. Right. I'm kind of shocked that she suggested jeans. (laughs) I, I I I was hoping she'd... Suggest a nice pair of slacks, perhaps. <laughs> you know, you know how young women always wear slacks around. Sure, with, with the hook. Was it right for the no. school student newspaper to publish this letter, or should they have been like, "Crazy woman, let's not publish this"? Because uh, I will defend their publication of this. Yeah, I mean, they absolutely had the right to do it. Uh, clearly, it should they have because sh- because <sighs> it's uh, it's not someone connected directly. She's not a student, obviously. It is a crazy, insane person saying, let me tell you about your clothes. It does feel like a headline grabber. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I'm fa- <laughs> I mean, listen, I think sunlight's the best disinfectant. Like, let's not pretend that these people with these terrible decisions do not exist. Let's make sure that we see them and hear them and voluntarily say, like, no, thank you, actually. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good with my pants choice for my pants area. What does she think happens at Nether like, regions. I, I want to see this mother at like a beach at anywhere else. <sighs> the summer. Do you think she wears one of those like, <laughs> remember those things from like the 1940s, like the bathing costumes? They're oh, like, like the shorts and like yeah. with the suspenders. Yeah. I bet that's what she wears. That Actually, that right. sounds great. <laughs> I'm going to get one of those this summer. She has convinced you. Yeah. It's yeah. a really hard sell, Barbara, but like, <laughs> but you done it. You done done it. Yep. Okay. So that happened. That's uh, great. That's so great in, and good. In Tennessee. Yes. They are working on a bill that would legalize gambling on sports. Because again, if the state says it's le- it's kind of like saying weed is legal, like well, we want to tax it and regulate it because that's a lot of money that we're missing yeah. out on by not doing Tennessee, it. see, you don't have anything else to be concerned about, bud? No, nothing else. So they're, they're considering this. The okay. bill itself doesn't appear like it's going well. There's too many people complaining about all aspects of what it. What would the argument against it be? Because it's just You're a You're legalizing thing, right? a sin. It's a vice tax. But again, there's plenty of things that are quote-unquote bad for you yeah. that the state just taxes and says, fine, if you want to do it, we're going to tax the hell out of it, whether it's drinking soda or right. uh, smoking or whatever it is. They're yeah. saying, look, if you're gambling anyway, which right. is illegal in the state technically, mm-hmm. like, okay, if you're going to gamble, at least do it under our rules and regulations where we have an oversight body that's sure. watching over. I mean, that's the issue at hand here. And that's a lot of money that they could be making. Right. That they, it's like the lottery. You could use some of that money for good causes. Right. Even though you're not saying gambling is a good idea. Can but I, that's the argument can against. Can I ask, where yeah. does this fall in like partisan lines in Tennessee? Um, It's... It's one of those things, I don't know the exact numbers or anything, because they haven't actually voted on this yet. Um, But, but, like, who proposed it? Who's backing it? Good question. I don't know the answer to this particular bill. Things like this are what kind of confuse... Not that, like, the Republican Party deserves too much thought, because they're largely monsters at this point. But this always feels like a weird thing. This, the pot thing, um, making voting easier, all feels like small government things. Which the GOP purports to be for. Right. Interestingly enough, in the there were double 
there was two pieces of legislation in Tennessee addressing the same issue, one in the House, one in the Senate. Uh The House one was proposed by a Democrat, Rick Staples. The Senate one was uh, proposed, uh, sponsored by a Republican, Stephen Dickerson. So it's bipartisan. Yeah, they just have different issues over how to regulate it and things like that. Now, the only reason I bring this up is there is a debate to be had about how do we legalize and regulate gambling mm-hmm. and is that a good idea? Mm-hmm. What what problems are we going to... We can have that conversation. That's a good debate for these elected officials to have. Here's a dumb debate that they know. did have during a hearing on this bill. I forgot what podcast um, we were on. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? A Democrat, uh, State Rep Jason Powell, during the House hearing on this bill, he suggested a specific amendment to the bill... Um, that would have prohibited, even he says, even if gambling passes uh-huh. and we legalize it, let's make sure to include in the bill a prohibition on gambling on, on holidays, oh. like Thanksgiving and Christmas, and yes, and Sundays? on Sundays between 3 and shit. 10. What? Because that's when people are awake and three, conscious. Wait, 3, 3 p.m. and 10 p.m. Basically... Don't do it on Thanksgiving when football is on and Christmas when basketball is on and Sundays when when football football is is on. on. Like, basically, let's do this, but let's leave some space for Jesus. You know, we got to respect God. He specifically said during the debate, Sundays is a time for tithes and offerings. It doesn't need to be a time for wagers and lines or bets when people are sitting in church. Okay, let me tell you all the problems I have with that. (laughs) One, fuck you, I don't go to church. Two, how fucking privileged, and like how blind to your privilege are you that you assume everybody has Sunday as a day of rest? Like, (laughs) I spend most of my adult life working on Sundays because like that's when people do shit, like go to restaurants. Like, Mm -hmm. fuck you, dude. Go ahead. (laughs) He added that like he put these times in he said look we're not saying you can't gamble on the sunday football games but you have to make your bets earlier but again if you're gambling on a big game you're gonna wait till the day of so literally this he's basically saying i would be okay with this bill with this prohibition so gambling would be okay for this guy but gambling on the lord's day in the afternoon 259 cool jesus is okay with this (sighs) 301 no 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 No, god doesn't like that mad um, and central standard, eastern sure. standard, right? Standard exactly time. in their time zones, like that's his amendment failed by one vote. So good, but it's Democrat? the fact, yeah. Oh, but guys. The, again, Tennessee Democrat. Sure, the fact that this was even considered, he thought this was a good idea to suggest, Fucking tells dumb. you how messed up the the discussion around this is. It doesn't look like the bill's going to pass anyway. Uh, but <laughs> I saw headlines that all. were like, "This is the most Tennessee friggin' amendment to a gambling bill." What are we? It's the doing? most southern. St- <laughs> what are we doing, Hemet? What is this? Oh man, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Speaking of dumbest things I've ever heard, and can you just I... heard the legging story. <laughs> can I read you a really cool and regular quote? Yes. There's a gentleman named Steve Anderson. Yeah, he's, a, he's a pastor in Arizona from the Faithful Word Baptist Church. Independent, fundamentalist. Like, they don't, they're independent. They don't work with any organization. Sure. But they are insane. Uh-huh. What did um, he do? He wanted to talk about women's rights. Go on. And may I read you the quote? Go ahead and stop me if you find, find anything problematic. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a story after you're done with this. Okay, the women's women's rights are the right to, this is a straight quote, 
the right to rebel and disobey your husband, the right to divorce him, the right to go out and get a job and make your own money, the right to tell him what to do, the right to go vote for our leaders as if a woman should have any say in how our country is run when the Bible says that I shall not suffer a woman to teach, not usurp authority over man, but to be in silence. So this is what he says, this is what women are doing, or this is what they want to do? This is, if you are for women's rights, you're for all these things, you know? For women having rights. Women having jobs, Mm -hmm. and being, vote, the voting right, the voting right. He really wants to, like, rewind the clock a hundred or so years, and just Those are actually not the worst things I've ever heard him say, in terms of, this is what the other side wants. Um, I mean, he always caricatures the other side being But that's, I think that's the problem, is this isn't a caricature. This is literally, like, they want the right to get a job and to Mm -hmm. vote. Like, fuck those bitches. Like, that's not great. (laughs) So this guy, so I follow this guy, Uh and I follow his little coterie of other independent like Baptist preachers because mm-hmm. they always say the craziest stuff and it's always amusing like because they're they're strangely very good at YouTubing like they will do what these what do you mean by very good? they will not just live stream their stuff with good audio and good video uh-huh. like quality wise uh-huh. they know how to cut up their videos into chunks that will get the most views Ooh, like savvy right exactly and so what he's been doing lately is he doesn't just upload and do all the the clips for his new sermons, he'll go back and like show off his greatest hits, which I think maybe where you got this from. Oh, could be. Cause they do post all these new, I'm like, why are you posting like 20 clips today? And he just does get, it get all the clicks. time. And some of the videos are like, let me tell you what this other independent fundamentalist Baptist said, and let's start a fight with them. Ooh. And it's like, this is the dumbest fight because you people are arguing about like a period in the Bible, literally. Like it's one little thing, that detail. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that person said this, shun the blasphemer. Ugh. And these are all of their fights with each other. I and kind of love that. Like, I like an infighting when we're yeah. out there like, hey guys, I think everything you say is wrong and bad and stupid. Right. So that guy, that guy is something. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> let's talk about Cory Booker. Hey, we don't hate Cory Booker. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a yet coming on. There's no yet. Okay. So Cory Booker, Democrat, uh, New Jersey senator, a Democrat. He's running for president along with a gazillion other people. Mm-hmm. He did a CNN town hall last night on Wednesday night. Yep. And one of the questions that someone asked him was basically, how do your how is your religious belief going to influence your outlook if you become president? And my first thought when I hear this question is like, that's a scary question. Yeah, that's an I easy I don't fail. want you to say anything. I don't want your religion to influence policy. And I don't want it to guide you in any like meaningful sort of way. Except sure. if you are religious, and Booker is like very devoutly Christian. Yeah, he's very Christian. Um, there's a difference between like being Mike Pence and letting your religion guide yes. your values. And a progressive Democrat who says that too. So... That's the setup. So the guy asked the question, and Booker's answer was really good, I thought. Uh He basically said, um, and he said this before, this isn't new. If you listen to him a lot, this is old information. He said, I'm a person that often says that before you tell me about your religion, show it to me and how you treat other people. Sure. That's a very Bernie, that's the answer Bernie Sanders gave a lot Mm -hmm. uh, in 2016, too. He's like, 
he said he was religious, but if you ask him to describe his religion, it's like, uh, my religion is doing good right. for other people, helping so other people. So he's a humanist people. without More those or less. words. Exactly. And so Booker basically says, you know, I feel like I, I will never forget that verse, that faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. His whole philosophy seems to be do what Jesus would do and not what you think the Bible wants you to do. Mm. And then he said, and I'm quoting here, I would rather hang out with a nice atheist than a mean Christian any day of the week. Yeah. Um, This is, I think, when we talk about religion and politics, I think this is a really good example of when people say like, oh, atheists or liberals or whomever are anti-Christian. I'm not. I don't take any problem with religiosity of this nature of like this, you know, Jesus is somebody who I think had these great ideas and was whether he was holy or not. Like I follow the path that he set, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously there's other things like he damned a fig tree or something like that. (laughs) Isn't that true? Something like that. Yeah. um, But like, yeah, he fed the hungry. He, you know, helped sex workers. He healed the poor, like he healed the sick. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are all fine things. I don't have a problem with like, the if tenets those of Christianity were the people in, who are Christians in politics, right. we wouldn't be having a discussion about religion yeah. and politics. Give me a Cory Booker Christian. Right. Leave Mike Pence Christianity in the dumpster where it belongs. And and so Booker's line is first of all, that means he's never gonna hang out with us. No. No. We're neither. No. Um, but also I've been hearing similar kind talk. Of nice. No. No. <laughs> um the guy on you Twitter asshole. had it. The guy on Twitter had it right. <laughs> um <laughs> Pete Buttigieg from Indiana has been doing the same stuff on the campaign trail because people ask him, because you're the mayor of South Bend, so Mike Pence is from your home state. Like, how is religion going to matter to you? And he's very much like a, don't don't put me in the same category as Mike Pence, even though we're both Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, And Buttigieg is very much in the same vein as Booker here, saying like, I try to help the poor. I try to solve problems because that's what my faith inspires me to do. By the way, I'm also gay. And so, like, Mike Pence's God doesn't care for me, especially. Whatever. (sighs) They've been doing a good job, I thought. Here's so here's the backlash to the comment and things like that. First of all, this idea, I'd rather hang out with nice atheists than mean Christians, that almost implies that atheists aren't nice. That's not what he meant by it. Nor is it wrong. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's one thing. The other thing is like, or should he just say like, you know what? I am religious, but my faith doesn't matter in my politics. So I'm not guided by my religion Mm. when it comes to to if I were in the White House. I don't think that would be honest of him, though. Because I think if you are somebody of faith, you almost necessarily get some of your morals from the teaching of your religion. And so... To say that it doesn't inform... I mean, same way, like, if I were ever to run for office, like, my atheism would sort of inform my worldview because I'm a skeptic and I believe that human rights are more important than religious rights and things like that. Like, yeah, it's going to inform it. it. It would be, I think, dishonest to say it didn't. And I have no... That does not bother me. At this point in the game, in 2019, that kind of answer doesn't bother me. I would like us to get right. to a place in the world where that would be 
like Britain is kind of like this. Like that's a really inappropriate question, actually. Like please don't ask me about my religion. That's very yeah. personal to me. It might. Uh, be, I might have mischaracterized Britain, but I. Think but it, there's a lot of European countries that are very much like I'm religious, but it's not really a thing. And it would it's be certainly it, not a thing in the government, right? And it would be rude for a reporter to ask about my religion. Something I guess. like uh, maybe, but like so in this case, I'm I'm like you said, if this is the way Democrats talk about religion. I Fine. can deal with it and we can have a separate conversation about whether they should mention it at all mm-hmm. and whether it's like, well, Booker's religious. What does that say about him? That's a conversation I don't think we get the luxury of having right I now because we got agree. bigger issues in play. And so, and by the way, there's a, there are several candidates. They've all the, all the top tier candidates mm-hmm. anyway have actually done, I thought, a pretty good job of making it clear because they're all religious, pretty much. I was going to say, um, I cannot, it, it put a gun to my head, I could not tell you. I knew Cory Booker was Christian, and that Bernie Sanders is Jewish. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are all, like, denominational Christians right. of some nature. But they're all doing a fairly decent job of saying, I don't want to alienate religious voters mm-hmm. by saying, like, our oh, religion doesn't matter, because right. it matters to them. Right. So what do you do? You do what Booker did, which is to say, yeah, I'm religious too, and my faith guides me to help people instead mm-hmm. of hurting them. Yeah. If that's the way they talk about it, here's what I think the strategic thing is. You get to say, Republicans don't own the Christian vote. I'm Christian too. Don't Uh pretend like my faith doesn't matter. Right. And that's strategically, politically, that's not a bad thing for Democrats to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get to, I think the way Booker and Buttigieg and other people are answering their questions, it's like, yeah, you're not really alienating definitely not people like me Mm -mm. um, because you're not saying anything anti what I believe or don't believe or whatever. Like, that's a very down-the-line, I'm fine with that response. It's the same type of answers Obama gave, which is, I'm religious, it guides me, but it guides me to help other people. Right. And I'm not using it as a weapon to tear other people down, which is what this administration does. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. I like, I like Booker's answer. I, I've heard from other atheists who responded to things like that, uh, who responded to my post about it, who were like, no, I don't like his answer because all the reasons we discussed and right. it just doesn't carry much weight with me. This idea that how dare he even talk about religion because he's religious. What else do you want him to do? Right. Um, do you, I know it's so early. Do you have anybody who's, um, love Buttigieg? Yeah, I do too. I, I, I think I'm going to be ride or die for Elizabeth Warren. For, yeah. For she would life. be the next one on my list. I, I, I'm really taken by Buttigieg. Um, I'm, I'm, I have concerns that people are like, Oh my God, he's a, and this is not a, a criticism of him. This is more of a criticism of the media of like, oh my God, he's the smartest guy out there. And like, I don't know, Elizabeth Warren has been, I think just because he's <laughs> new, he's got that new candidate smell. We haven't been hearing about <laughs> him for, for years right. like we have. Because like Elizabeth Warren was one of the few, is one of the few politicians whom I knew very well about before her political career. So Right, because she was vocal and active right. and a Harvard professor right. and all that stuff and the, the uh, consumer stuff. Um, uh, Protection Bureau. Yeah. I I like Buttigieg. I don't know how much... I don't know how high he'll get in the rankings right now. Like, if it's enough to carry him through, like, a win in Iowa or whatever. Because Obama was almost a nobody when he started sure. running. But he was also a senator he when he started running. So he an wasn't... An Illinois senator at that. Like, yeah. it, it, we have a pretty prominent state. Right. I, I, I don't know if this is his, like moment so to speak and, and but i like him i like what he has to say i he's like fucking our age he's 37 which is 
wild yeah. to me. Like <laughs> I, what have you done with your life? Like nothing. Yeah. This stupid podcast is all I've done. Um, so Speaks he's got gazillion languages. Oh my god! Did you did you hear about the thing where he learned Swedish because Norwegian Norwegian because he read a book by an author and it was translated to English. And that was, and he was like, I really like this author, but everything else is still in Norwegian. So he fucking learned <laughs> Norwegian, and he really and truly is like the polar opposite of Donald Trump. And that's not to discount because <laughs> like, he read a book. I you're right, <laughs> and learn something to learn more. Anyway, it's it's he's very he's very refreshing right now, and I'm I love this praise and adulation because I think it is warranted. I have yet to hear any negative anything about him Mm-mm. granted the others have been on the spotlight and making casting votes yeah, for a long would. time on a on a federal level so there's plenty of dirt on everybody but right. i feel like yeah i already know what you're gonna go after when it comes to elizabeth warren sure like and in none of it matters right <laughs> it's all right. stupid identity stuff did you, did you see but uh, with him like you can't even you can't even be mean about him no he just seems like a like good good dude like yeah. everybody seems like a pretty there's nobody in this race that I would be like furious if they got the nomination. Like I'm over what anyway. At least d- among the ones that are polling well right now, yeah, yeah, none of them bother me. I still like some better than others. Sure, but yeah, yeah, but and I'm really, really, really trying to avoid getting tangled in the like, oh fuck this candidate thing. Like, I'm, which is what I heard about Booker when I posted the Booker thing. Where they're like, well, he likes big pharma. It's yeah. like. Yeah, sure. Let's have Trump for another four years. That's exactly like I'm not deal with it and argue with him about it. Yes, but don't cast him off because he's not perfect for you. Yeah, I'm just sort of trying to. Yeah. Anyway, as um, the quotation says, like, don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. That's yes. That's kind of been like my mantra lately of just like nobody's going to be perfect. There's going to be shit about everybody we don't like. But guess who I hate a lot more: Donald (laughs) Trump and also Mike Pence. Yeah. See you never. Um, really quick, I didn't give you this in my notes, yeah. but did you hear the guy who was arguing against global warming and he said the solution was, Mike to, Lee. Oh my was God. to have kids? Wh- I was trying to make sense of what he was saying. This is similar to the guy who brought a snowball on yes. the Senate floor to argue climate change was like a hoax. Right. This was pretty much that same speech about climate change, but this time involving like pictures of dinosaurs so okay, and, I I only saw this one families. with with the babies. Yeah, and so every time I saw one of the dinosaurs, I assumed somebody was had like photoshopped it in. Yeah, but no, no he that's photoshopped his it himself. Neato gang. He said, "quote The solution to climate change is not this unserious resolution referring to the Green New Deal. Um, the solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids." What? Yeah, I. So, Hammond, you have two human children. Do you feel like you well, have climate change is solved now? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was like, if this guy can be a senator, you can do anything. Listen, <laughs> I know, I know everybody's obsessed with AOC, but fuck, it's, I just... Her staff is good at Twitter. Her staff is good at Twitter. She is good at speaking. I don't know if you saw her, like, rebuttal against people who said that, like, who were, who voted against the Green New Deal. I'm just like, people are dying. They what voted the fuck present because they didn't want to oh, make it yeah. a campaign issue. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine with that. Because she knows Republicans are just like, 
<laughs> we're going to use this against you. Yeah. And so Democrats are like, no, we're not going to let you do that because they haven't debated it. They haven't even written right. a bill. So they're right. like, we're not going to let you. But somebody called it. An, but somebody called it like elitist. And she <laughs> she has like a 90 Saving second. The planet yeah. Is elitist. Maybe a two minute. Like I don't, rant is not an appropriate word, but impassioned speech about like people are dying. What the fuck is elitist yeah. about that? Among the emails we get for this podcast uh-huh. is this is a very democratic lefty sort of which yes yeah and also what is the alternative that you are proposing here? Yeah, I don't I, know what else you want from like reality. So I think it's real. What we do don't- you think is right? Hap- like what good stuff is happening on the Republican side that we should be praising? Cause well, I'm not seeing it. I mean, I, I know I'm in a bubble, but like I try, I'm trying to show me what articles I'm missing. I think that we do our best to give, uh, to dole out praise and criticism where we feel it is warranted. The thing is the right is, full of religious fanatics and homophobes and misogynists and racists, etc. It is very nice of them to just kind of group them all into it one re- party. It, it makes, it makes me, it easier. Yeah, it makes me think of when um, Trump picked Pence as his running mate and, like, it, there was a political cartoon of, like, uh, like, Trump having all these buttons of, like, like anti-Muslim, racist, xenophobic, blah, 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 blah. And, like, um, Mike Pence comes over and it's like, anti-gay and it's like they completed the set (laughs) i don't think that was the joke of the thing but anyway um there are several things i think is weird about that one is like we're not a news organization we're two people who sit down once a week you act like this is not a professional (laughs) i mean listen i'm very offended i take it very seriously but we're not we never have said that we are here to be completely objective and, and and like really weigh things on either end, we're here to give our opinions, wh- whatever they may be. And it just so happens that the Republicans keep doing shit that we disagree with. And right. it's the same thing as like when people accuse us of only being anti-Christian and not anti-Muslim. We talk about shit when Muslims do shit. We just aren't, like, we're not digging for it. We get headline, you know, I don't know. I'm just... Oh, I, I look. But, <laughs> again, the stuff that affects people in this country are coming predominantly from conservative Christians. Right. And I'm not worried about, like, radical Islam in the U.S. Yeah, that's, that's not, not the a, focus right now. And, say, like, when we, we've gotten... I've gotten criticism a lot about being too feminist. And we've gotten criticism about being too pro-LGBTQ rights. And, like, you don't get to dictate what we think falls under the scope of of a this podcast and b what religion has done like i think my atheism is very much informed by my feminism and my pro-gay rights because it all stems from the same place right it all comes from a patriarchal system where women were to be oppressed and not taken seriously and others whether they are brown people or black people or queer people are to be banished and we only are going to embrace this small sect of white Christian dudes. And that affects all of us. And is it always A to B from atheism to these, I don't know, this, I don't know. I just don't get it. I just don't fucking get it. And also like, you're not going to change. Do you think you're going to write to me and I'm going to be like, oh, you're right. 
my views are too left-leaning, stranger on the internet. I'm going to really revisit everything. Like, this motherfucker was like, I know some of Trump's things are bad, but blah, 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 blah. Like, point The kids to, in cages are a maybe for you? Like, or? point to a thing that he has done well. I yeah. just, it, it's, it's, it's very, very, very frustrating that, like, how can you not be left at this? I yeah, I don't understand. If you and this is what I, I you this don't have to love have, every liberal politician because right. there are legit criticisms to be made, but not at the level of like I'm casting aside Elizabeth Warren because I didn't like this pol- X policy or Y policy. Right. What else are you gonna do? Okay, I'm gonna sit out the vote and let Trump win another four uh, yeah. years. That makes no sense to me. No, it's. <sighs> Yeah. I don't Again, know. all I, the groups you got to throw under the bus by supporting a Republican at this point. You are saying, I don't care about LGBTQ people. Right. I don't care about health care. I don't, I don't care, care about, about brown people. I don't care about immigrants. Mm-hmm. I Here's what I say frequently um, when I'm quote unquote called out on this. I think that the best way to improve our society, so say like early child care to help families, I think one of the best things we can do is have the government step in. And make make our tax dollars pay for pre-K care or make sure our government should step in and make sure everybody has health care so nobody has to be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for a procedure. To me, that is the solution to the problem that we face, which is whatever. The solution, like a, a, a small C conservative solution would be, well, no, we need to incentivize businesses to lower their rates so this that and other that is a conversation i am willing to have i'm willing to have that conversation about what are the benefits of small government and like if not regulation if we don't have regulations by the government then how are we making sure that we don't have lead in our water and we're not like starting wildfires all over the place fine let's have that conversation the conversation i'm not willing to have excuse me is about gay rights and about my right to carry a pregnancy if I do not want to or cannot, or my ability to make as much as somebody else. Everybody knows Hemant keeps 70% of the profits from this, and I get 30%. The huge profit. <laughs> those aren't conversations I'm willing to have, and I'm not willing to entertain those. So if like the GOP can like fucking clean up its house, yeah, let's have an interesting debate on the future of our country and whether big government is the solution or whether it isn't. But that's not the debate they're bringing to the table, so that's not the debate. I'm not going to debate a brick wall about small government. End of rant. Nice. Do you want to talk about Pennsylvania? How did we get into that? I don't know. Oh, you started it. I always start the meta (laughs) conversations. So Um, in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. they have invocations in their house. About Here, a little side note for a second, because last week or maybe two weeks ago, I talked about how I delivered an invocation in my county Uh because we do invocations. And I said, I gave my secular invocation. And I also uh, supported the idea that they should get rid of them. This week, they had another meeting. There were apparently uh, several people who spoke out in public comments against having invocations at all. Um, I heard from some friends at the Freedom from Religion Foundation, two of their lawyers came down to testify as well. Uh-huh. And they said, yeah, there was only really one person who spoke out in favor of it. Um, but that said, it's not like the public comment section is a measure of how they're going to vote or anything. But he was just saying there's plenty of people making good arguments mm-hmm. for why we should not have invocations. Ultimately, as I expected we all expected the measure to get rid of invocations failed they are going to keep them 
but it was like 11 to 6 and 6 votes saying no to invocations is like three more than I expected, yeah. which is not nothing. Um, but anyway, in Pennsylvania, they do invocations as well. And here's what happened this week. They had a special election recently, and a Muslim woman won the race. Mm -hmm. And she is the first Muslim legislator in the state of Pennsylvania. So Monday was going to be her swearing-in ceremony, and that's that's important for symbolic reasons. Uh She had her whole family in the gallery as well. And that morning, uh, here's also, so that's one thing, Pennsylvania State House has been doing these invocations, and they said no to atheists delivering invocations. So the atheists filed a lawsuit last year, and a judge actually ruled in favor of the atheists. They said, look, if you're going to have invocations, the judge mm-hmm. says, you got to let everyone do it. And so for now, the State House, which is seen by, overseen by a Republican, he's appealing the decision, of course. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, while this legal process goes through all invocations are limited to members of the house. Like not a, pu- it's not a public okay. thing because we're still trying to figure out if what the rules so the have Pennsylvania to be. Pennsylvania right? Hemet Meta couldn't show up and give an invocation. Right. Um, in fact, there is one member of the Pennsylvania house who's an open atheist, hmm. Brian Sims, who's amazing. He's not allowed to speak either, by the way. Huh. So like, it's not just anyone in the house can deliver an invocation. Wait. Not the atheist in the house. Wait, what? Why? Because Did I miss he's, Because invocations, according to the Republican speaker there, have to invoke a higher power, and Brian Sims wouldn't do that, in theory. How so is that he doesn't not... get to talk. How is it Ill- not illegal? It is illegal, okay. says a judge, and they're still fighting it. Okay, so putting all that Why together. Why is this the battle they want to fight? That's what, like, fucking Because what are they going to my... do? Take care of poor people? No, that's not a Republican priority. <sighs> so, no, this is what they want to... This is what they want to die on the hill for. So... On Monday, you have this Muslim woman getting sworn into office, and a Republican state rep, Stephanie Borowitz, happened to be the person who was delivering the invocation that morning, Mm -hmm. and she made sure that everyone knew this is a Christian house, and like only, not only did she say Jesus literally 13 times in 90 seconds, as I counted, uh, there were, she said, God multiple times, Lord multiple times. On top of that, she also said, Jesus, you are our only hope. Ooh. Like it's no, a Star Wars thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And the thing is, like, See, as now that you've seen Star Wars, you I get can those make jokes. one reference. So, yeah, I mean, just this is part of her invocation. God, forgive us, Jesus. We've lost sight. Of, she says, Jesus, like normal speakers say, um. Like, God, forgive us, Jesus. We've lost sight of you. We've forgotten you, God, in our country, and we're asking to forgive you, for asking you to forgive us, Jesus, that your problem and your whatever. Well, this you goes to, on like, for a while. maintain his attention. Yeah. It's like the how to make friends and influence people. <laughs> People's favorite sound is their own name. So yeah. Jesus is like, oh, yeah, I got you. He's looking away. Say his name. Say his name. <laughs> um, so what was the Muslim uh, woman's reaction to all this? She said... Uh, I knew I was going to receive some discrimination because of my religion, because I'm a hijabi woman and I'm the first, but I did not think it would come on the actual day of my swearing in. It seemed clear, she said, that Borowitz was, quote, intentionally being offensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So a bunch of the Democratic leaders in the House, but they're not in the majority, were basically condemning what this woman did later on, saying, like, this, first of all, an invocation is supposed to be uplifting and inclusive, even if the Supreme Court 
said, yeah, you can invoke your personal God. That's legal now. But the Supreme Court also said you have to give these inclusive inspirational talks. They are not a place for you to deliver a sermon. Right. And honestly, if those were the type of invocations they heard week in and week out, that same Supreme Court said that sort of thing would be illegal because that really is just a Christian sermon for 90 seconds. Right. You're not inspiring anybody. So inappropriate. So it was inappropriate. Um, Brian Sims, the atheist who's not allowed to speak, mm-hmm. he said on Facebook, this is unacceptable, <laughs> um, saying a, legislator, a legislature that bans secular affirmations on the floor allows for religious bigotry in prayer. It's unacceptable in the halls of our government, a government that's supposed to be working for all 300 million Americans, mm-hmm. no matter religion or creed. We hear this divisive and offensive rhetoric. Um, so all of that, all of that happened. Yeah. Fox News, here's how, how do you think they framed all this? I don't want to know. Atheists are pissed off that a woman invoked Jesus's name in an invocation. You're right, Fox like, News. Intellectual, intellectually honest as per not, usual. It, no one was upset she mentioned Jesus. It's the fact. Oh, God. Try to explain yeah, I mean, this to that, people like, who. They're going to strawman us into oblivion. Like, yeah. I don't, and I don't know how to fight that. I don't yeah. know how to fight because you hear time and time again that like people like no if you are a died in the world trump supporter no facts are going to break through right like things like so what do you do yeah i mean this is where you need more legislators to speak out against what she did when they are in power they should get rid of invocations altogether and just get to work there are ways to prevent this sort of stuff from get, becoming an issue but because they keep invocations and because they want them to be Christian only, they're creating these problems on their own. And that's it shouldn't happen. But again, unless these people get voted out, it's not going to change. Yeah. So there's that. Um, totally different type of story for you here. Not politics related. Tell me what you think about this gesture. Mm. 400 churches in Nashville, Tennessee... They used public it's records. So many churches. That's a, Nashville. I know, but I know. it's just so many. <laughs> they used public records to find the addresses of 40,000 people. Then they hand wrote them messages saying like, I love you and Jesus <gasps> loves you. Like handwriting a note, mailing it to your house. Uh, basically saying I'm praying for you. Here's an example. Dear Jeffrey, my name is Marta. For the last 30 days, I have been praying and fasting over your name. My prayer for you is that you recognize God's love for you. I love you even though I've never met you. Love, Marta. That's one letter. Some of them mentioned the devil. (laughs) (laughs) But again, that's what they did. They sent these letters out because they think they're helping people because I don't know why. Um, Well, I know why, but it's not whatever. Um, they sent these. The question is, is this one of those gestures? Like, if you get a letter like this, are you like, huh, and then throw it away like you do with spam letters? Yeah. Or is this one of those, like, this is really effing creepy. Like, I don't yes. want you praying on my behalf. It's kind of creepy that you're thinking about me for 30 days and then you found my address and sent me this thing with your, yeah, like... Yeah, that is stalkery and culty. Yeah, and I don't know if... That was my thought, too, and I don't know how universal that reaction would be because to me, it'd be like, the hell are you doing? This is Honestly, I probably wouldn't even give it... I probably wouldn't even... It was a letter or a postcard? Uh, I... I, Maybe a mix. 
Because I was going to say, I, I doubt I w- it would even, like, make it into my house. Like, I do the thing I think everybody does where you get your mail and then you stand over the recycling yeah, bin and yeah. just, like, pitch half of it in there. Yeah. I don't even know if I would have made it. But, like, if I, I saw want it, I would be back. creeped <laughs> out. I don't know. Do they? Do you think these people want atheists sending them handwritten letters saying there is no God or something I mean, like that? They won't be able to read my handwritten <laughs> anyway, so... Yeah, like a little yeah, magazine no, ransom note. Not. I God's mean, yes. not watching over you. Here, I sent it to your home address. It's so creepy. That would be creepy, too. It would be you creepy. Don't do that. And Why? It's, it's one of those things, just like. If the shoe were on the other foot. Yes, just like be. anything else. If this was like a Muslim group doing this, or, or a Buddhist group doing this, or a group of atheists, Lord forbid. There would be a fucking uprising. It would be like, oh my God, Sharia law, the godless heathens, et cetera, whomever. They're all coming for... 40,000 letters times however many cents a stamp costs now is a lot of money being wasted that could go to better use also. Probably $20,000. I think they're 50 cents or in that neighborhood. Yeah, that's not great. That's stupid (laughs) and I hate it. Reminds me of when I used to work for the Chicago Tribune. There was a... Um, an Islamic group, and they're handing out carnations with little notes about, like, I don't know, whatever Islam is pushing these days. And I was like, <laughs> well, I got a little flower from my desk. All right. Should have read the note before I took it, but yeah. here we are. Now I have a shitty carnation. There you go. Uh, okay, different story. Houston. They had this drag queen story time event. You that told we me this is my about story. This. Is it? Go, yes, you go, motherfucker. Go. We both have the story. I finally... Go, go, Ran something by you. So, um... (laughs) I had on my list. You idiot. Um, (laughs) So, essentially, uh, uh, Lyra and Devin Will um, hosted a... Hosted and directed something called the Drag Queen Storytime. This is something that's been on my radar for about a year, but not something I really paid attention to. I was just vaguely aware of its existence. So, essentially, drag queens would go to a local library and read a book to a kid and sing sometimes. Um... And they said for a long time it was really under the radar. There were like five kids who would come, but they enjoyed it and it was nice. Um, and then it got picked up by a local news news coverage and that got picked up nationally and all of a sudden people started protesting for reasons. Um, the first protesters were from Texans Against Transgender Tyranny, which I have a couple problems with. One is that that's really not how alliteration works. Like, <laughs> you really want the first sounds, so like transgender tribute, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's not good alliteration in the first place. Second, what? How are you being tyrannized by a relatively small and oppressed population, guys? You're doing, you're being tyrannied bad. It puts together two things conservatives really hate, which is <laughs> drag queens and books. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they at first were polite, and then... Um, A few people, Tex Christopher, Tracy Shannon, Chris Seaver, and Kelvin Miller, filed a lawsuit. um, Chris Seaver, by the way, that name may be familiar to some people because he has filed lawsuits saying, I want the right to marry my computer. You're fucking lying. that's for real. Really? I couldn't, I actually, so... uh, Because if you're allowing gay marriage, then I get to marry my computer, and it's like... You a person of the same sex is, a, is the same thing as... You realize this is a cell phone on your part, right? <laughs> um, I'm, I looked up Tex Christopher because he reappears in the story a couple times. I, I found his LinkedIn page and it just said he was like a politician and owned some sort of like studio, but I could not figure out who he was or why he felt like he could sue. Anyway, so they filed a suit against um, 
against the mayor, against the Houston Public Library, executive director. Um, and then the protests kept coming. Um, and then, so before that, it had just been like these people were showing up and like would volunteer their time or whatever. The library should have been vetting them. They should have had to apply and go, gone through a background check. So the library is like, oh, fine, we should do this, which they totally took the blame for. They're like, yeah, we fucked up. Um, so the lawsuit was thrown out. The stories keep, uh, the story times keep going. Tex Christopher just would show up and like lurk in the back, like, which is so fucking creepy. Um, a protester was arrested because he wouldn't leave the premises. He was carrying a gun. Don't worry. He had a permit. So he wasn't dangerous question mark. Cool. Texas. (laughs) So, um, and then it kind of started hitting the fan. The, the patrons of the story time started expressing concerns about safety. The staff of the library they went to, the Freed Montrose Library, were threatened to such a degree that some were reassigned to different branches. So these really cool cats were threatening librarians, which is neat. So they left, uh, so they voluntarily, this, this drag queen story time, they voluntarily left the Houston public system public library system, um, the HPL would still promote the event on their calendar. They still would, like, bring books to wherever the um, wherever the story time was being held. But they had to hold it off-site. But they cause... held it off-site. Um, actually, the first place they went was um, Kindred, which is a church in Montrose, which is apparently a really progressive church, and they hosted them. Um, so I'm going to read this. This is from an open letter that Lyra and Devin wrote. Um, quote, news broke that one of our former readers was a sex offender. She's part of the story time before HPL. The Houston Public Library started enforcing background checks for every performer and hasn't been back since they started. When Trent spoke to the queen in question this weekend, she confirmed that she had been convicted convicted in 2009 it was devastating we had we had insisted and insisted that what we were doing was safe for children and yet here was a performer who was charged with sexual assault of a minor we we didn't know about the conviction prior to last week but it would have come up in a background check had the um Library had it been it. conducted i mean so that story that person was reading stories to the kids there were no incidents there no right? it, really people were just having a problem that men dressed as women or trans women were being public and associating right. with children. And like the what's what made that even worse, the story about the sex offender dude, is that that was that story came to light because of the anti drag queen groups. They're the ones who figured it out. Right. So of which course they, they can make it look like these people knew and they were fine with it. Right. Which isn't the case. Because every the Houston Public Library said, yeah, we should have done a background check. We didn't. It's our fault. Mm-hmm. The people who organized the story time said we should have done a background check. It's our fault. Right. Both of them said that person is no longer welcome right. at our events. But of course the other side is like, well, they're all like this. Right. And this is, I think just such a key example of this sort of, I don't know if duplicitous is the right word, but, but, but lack of self-awareness of, of many religious people, Christians, Catholics specifically, is that they, they fear what is not a threat and ignore what is a threat. So their reason for like being anti drag queen story time or whatever is that, these people like they just the the accusations are wild they're like oh you're sexualizing our children which is weird what do you what stories do you yeah. think they are reading I to these kids i don't know and i now have to read all those little kids books uh-huh. there's no story much <laughs> less any sexual anything anything good in there any no. any good stories no 
How old is, how old is I she? I just read a book about a goose who goes to school. Do you want to know what it's about? A goose that goes to school? That's it. Oh. End. The end. Jazzy. That was the whole book. I have read it twice now in two days. And is she... Kids are really into like repetition, right? Yep. That's fun for mm-hmm. you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't imagine. The story is called The Goose That Goes to School. Something like that. You gave away the whole thing in the title. <laughs> uh, are there cruel pictures? No. Okay. Anyway, uh, so anyway, they're afraid of this weird like sexualization or something or just exposing children to somebody who looks like a drag queen does is going to like harm them inherently. And so they're so up in arms about protect our children when right under their fucking nose, the church has been accused credibly and people have gone to jail because these people are actually perpetrating crimes and they're actually doing damage to children physically and mentally and emotionally. And that doesn't bother them, but this does. So it is it is a question I will have for the rest of my life of how can you be so like, we have to protect the women. Trans women can't use the women's bathroom. But like people are shot every day and they're like, well, it's their right to have a gun. Or like <laughs> the real threats... There are real threats. Climate change is a real threat. Gun violence is a real threat. Men attacking women is a real threat. But those aren't the things they focus on. They focus on the literal nothing problem. This is a nothing, this is a nothing burger of a problem. Anyway. You want to hear about a real problem? <laughs> Unvaccinated kids. Oh, they still exist. No. But in Rockland County, New York, they decided, you know what, with this measles outbreak that's uh-huh. happening because so many of our people are unvaccinated, uh-huh. we're just going to ban kids from public spaces if you're unvaccinated. Good. How and do they enforce that? I that's wonder. a good question. How do they enforce that? Here's what they said. We're not going to walk around saying, like, show us your papers. papers yeah, that's pretty dystopian. Show me your Band-Aid and then we'll let you go. <laughs> No, what they said is if we find out a parent has been allowing their kids to go to public spaces, Uh I don't know how, but if we do, we could fine you up to $500 and a prison sentence of up to six months. How they would find that out, I don't know. But maybe what's more powerful than the punishment is the press about like, we're taking this problem seriously. Mm -hmm. Sure. Kids who don't have vaccinations can't go to public spaces. And what this is a community, Rockland County, that is home to a really large proportion of ultra-Orthodox Jews who shun science, mm-hmm. including vaccinations. Uh, Rockland County has 300,000 people in it. They had 153 cases of measles since October, 48 since this year, calendar year alone. And again, this is a... Fewer than 75% of the children in this community are vaccinated. I mean, at some schools, it's less than 60%. Uh Like, you might be okay if, like, 99% of the people are vaccinated and the 1% are, like, medical reasons they couldn't get it. Mm -hmm. You might be okay when only 60%, like, at best, in some of these schools are vaccinated. Those kids are all putting... They're all screwed. They're setting themselves up for danger... And so this declaration is supposed to last a month. Again, how do they enforce it? That's not really the point, but yeah, it's the point. threat that matters more. But it's good. Why isn't everyone else doing this? They should. Right. Just You can't go to the grocery store. You can't go to, obviously, public schools. Um, but we're going to extend it beyond the schools. We're saying, no, you can't step out in public. Stay in your bubble. Infect your own people. Right. Don't infect the rest of us. I'm just so... Man, this anti-vaxxer thing is something else. It's 
There's no good reason other than a medical, my body can't take it, but you are the exception and not the rule. Right. These religious exemptions that I think you made it from an aborted child. So, like, no. Doctors are. Your ignorance is not good enough reason to get an exemption to the rule. Yeah. I think this is a good solution because. uh, Yeah, no, this is. This just fucking sucks. Like, have they never heard of polio? Like, I just don't... When you're this ignorant about science, you assume that if anyone has polio, they did something to piss God off? But it's not just religious nuts. It's it's, liberal nuts. It is liberal nuts, too. And again, when you wipe them off of social media and say, we're not going to let you use our platform to push your bullshit, because your bullshit is harmful bullshit. Right. That's one way to stop it. Mm -hmm. So they don't get a platform to talk about this stuff. But also you need like a more serious threat Mm -hmm. of saying, look, if you're not going to do this, we're going to punish you for it because you're hurting everybody. Right. It's just. I don't know. What else can you say about vaccines? Like they're probably the single most important. Effective. Effective medical breakthrough. Ever. In history. It's just. It it is wild and it's it, it's such a privileged position of we've advanced so far that we've been able to wipe polio off at least the country and all these other diseases too. And again, some of the liberal nuts on this issue are like, I'm not anti-vaccine. I just want them spread out, out over many, many years when they're not as effective for some reason. It, There's no good reason for it. No, you deal with it. You give your kid the shots all at once, whatever ones the doctors recommend. It's like, like I've been to the doctor's office and they're like, today your kid's going to get like three shots. And it's like, well, yeah. that's going to be a shitty drive home. Yeah. Oh, well, they'll be fine by the night. Right. Well, Then it, you get over and deal with it. It's like hiring. It's like you go to a doctor. It's like hiring a con- a construction or like an architect to build a building and then go and be like, mm, can you actually put the walls up before you put any support beams? Because I just think there's too many support beam. Like, it's just, it's, what do you, you're, you're an idiot. You're a fucking idiot. If you're not listening to your doctor, your doctor a isn't trying, idiot. your doctor is not trying to kill your child and they're not on the dole of fucking big pharma. <laughs> but I, Doctors would be shocked to learn how much they make from Big Pharma, uh, contrary to their own I just, bank statements. <laughs> I, anyway. It's just it's just a strong bummer. What else you got? Um, oh, um, oh yeah, let's talk about Yuri Geller. <laughs> so words no one should ever have to say. <laughs> so uh, Yuri Geller, if you do not know who he is, then you need to go to Netflix and watch An Honest Liar, which is one of my favorite documentaries. It's about James Randi. Yuri Geller was big in the 70s, um, and he was a fake, mm, not psychic, but... Mentalist is the term he uses. What's the thing? Telekinetic. He was into Mm, telekinesis. I can bend spoons with my mind. So his big showstopper was bending spoons, which, like, God, can you be more low stakes? Like, oh, (laughs) here's my magic. I'm going to break a thing you need. Thanks, Yuri. Why are you here? Get out of my silverware drawer. Um, Anyway, he sure does love uh, being in the spotlight because he was in this documentary. Like, this about 
how James Randi like embarrassed him in front of Johnny Carson. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be on your show. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and read this from him because I, I would hate to mince words. <clears throat> this is a, a, an open letter to Teresa May. Um, and here we go. Quote, I feel physically and strongly that most British people do not want Brexit. I love you, Theresa May, very much, but I will not allow you to lead Britain to Brexit. As much as I admire you, I will stop you telepathically from doing this. And believe me, I am capable of executing it. Before I take this drastic... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't... He has the power to stop <laughs> Brexit. But he didn't, what, he didn't remember this in 2016 before the vote happened? Before I take this drastic course of action, I appeal you to stop the process immediately while you still have a chance. Three years before you became prime minister, I predicted your, vi- your victory when I showed you Winston Churchill's spoon on my catalog, which I asked you to touch. What, Yuri? <laughs> did you just drop that? You have a, did people, you humble brag that you have a catalog? There are people that take these people seriously. It's like anyone who listens to an astrologer and they're like, well, I guess I will trust my life to whatever this person says. Like, how do you exist? Which, like, I mean, I'm on your team here. Like, I also don't want Brexit. Here's how these people work. Like, he sees the the writing is on the wall where Brexit, I mean, it looks like it's not, I mean, it doesn't look like it's working, but who the hell knows what's going to happen. Right. But he's like, what? That means I can take credit for it. When it doesn't happen. Or because he does say, before I do this. So, like, right. if, if <laughs> Brexit does chance. happen, he's like, well, I didn't do my thing. I could So, the one all. good thing about Brexit happening is that we could say Yuri Geller was wrong. Mm. But we could do that every day. Yeah. I mean, I think the one good thing about Brexit happening is... This is like the mother's letter to Notre Dame where it's like, do they... How, these newspapers that published his letter, like, The Guardian was like... I saw at least two different articles about this very thing he did this week. And it's like, they don't have to publish it and give him attention, but they know it's like, you're so stupid that we're totally going to like put your letter up there for everyone to see. So they know how dumb you are. I think the only good thing about Brexit is that Americans can feel morally superior for like a day. (laughs) And then back to the dread, the dredges where we belong. I, I will admit there have been many times when I see the Brexit arguments and the chaos that's over there. And I'm like, oh, you're adorable. Oh. Your problems. Yeah. Let me tell you about what happened this morning on Twitter. <laughs> I do. Because <laughs> we like, just wrecked like 50 years of foreign policy right? within with a, a hundred, tweet. With a tweet. Um, I do feel like one of the main... <laughs> One of the main like subject lines we get is like, just so you know, idiots aren't contained to America. And it's like some <laughs> Australian idiot doing a thing. Like it's just a really fun, like, right. don't worry, you guys, there's idiots everywhere. <laughs> Hi, Daddy. Oh. Um, I've got two Let's more go. stories. Speed round. Okay. Um, Texas lawmakers approved a bill allowing professionals to discriminate discriminate against LGBTQ people. Of course they um, did. it gave uh, professionals who are licensed by the state, so lawyers, physicians, barbers, barbers, All right. pharmacists. Oh, I think there's a whole th- a whole planet money. Anyone about, who's regulated. Yeah. Um, the ability to turn away anyone they don't want to do business with. Um, so this does have an exception um, of medical professionals who are treating patients who are at risk of death or serious in- injury. So it's not... All bad. Also, law enforcement officers wouldn't be exempt. Like, you can't be huh. like, oh, huh. you're... You're gay. I hate you. Um, 
The bill's author said it's necessary. His name is Charles Perry. He is a Republican. What? What? Says the legislation is necessary to make sure that state licensing bodies don't punish or retaliate against religious professionals who may take action um, predicated by... What is going to happen if a Christian barber has a gay person come to him and says, I want a haircut? I mean, like, that's what, what happened with damage, the cake. It's the same right, fucking thing. What damage is happening to your religion if you give the man a haircut? I'll tell you. Um, Perry said living by our faith does not stop when we start work. When we see what we may perceive as immoralities, these people who hold these beliefs should be able to defend their faith without fear of losing their livelihood and their license. I disagree, sir. They should definitely lose their li- livelihood. That was me. That was some... That was good. That was, that was good. some editorializing. Um, anyway, some people came out against it, but it still passed, which is neat and good as usual. And then I'm going to end on a high note for fucking once in our lives. Um, state-funded adoption agencies in Michigan can no longer um, discriminate against... So it's like the opposite of what happened in Texas. If you're... Um, in Michigan, if you're an adoption South agency, South Carolina was it? It was Texas. I'm sorry, South Carolina. I think said you don't Texas. get. Uh, was it okay? The, um, yeah, because yeah. you don't get to adopt kids from a government-funded religious group if you're a gay couple. The religious organization would say oh, we don't want to let yes, you yes, yes, adopt yes. children, right. Even though they get state funding for it, right. And so, what happened in Michigan? So, faith-based adoption agencies um, that benefit from taxpayer funding will no longer be able to legally turn away same-sex couples or LGBTQ individuals based on religious objections. Um, this is from a, a lawsuit in. Um, 20, it says 2019, I think that's a typo. The ACLU sued Michigan on behalf of two lesbian couples who were rejected by St. Vincent, Vincent Catholic Charities and Bethany Christian Services because they are gay. Um, the uh, state of Michigan settled with the ACLU. Um, Dana Nessel, the attorney general, said... Who is quote, awesome. Yeah, has, quote, discrimination in the provision of foster care management... And adoption services is illegal no matter the rationale. Limiting the opportunity for a child to be adopted or fostered by a, a loving home not only goes against the state's goal of finding a home for every child, it's a direct violation of the contract every child, <clears throat> every child placing agency enters into the state. Um, into with Good. the state. Don't fund discrimination. It's not that hard. If Christians want to discriminate, do it on your own dime. Yeah, this part. Uh, and then Lori Windham, who um, is for the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty... She said the Michigan Attorney General and the ACLU are trying to stop the state from working with faith-based adoption agencies. The result of that will be tragic. Thousands of children will be kept from finding the loving homes they deserve. This harms children and families waiting for forever homes. It would stop children from finding a loving home. No, it's the opposite. No, and it's what (laughs) you are saying. You're the one who is stopping kids from finding a loving home because you're like, oh, you're a good, like, great couple to put a kid with. Oh, you're gay. We're not going to give the kid to you. Yeah. stay in foster Fucking care for longer. Lori, get it straight. You're the damaged one. Um, that's all I had. Do you have any nah, things? Um, I'm getting a tattoo on Monday. What are you getting? Um, it's like a feminist tattoo thing on my arm. My friends, Lee and Amanda, who are on Fables, mm-hmm. are coming out. I'm going to see them for like 18 hours. And so are you going to live record you getting the tattoo? Would anybody want to see that? Hear that. Hear it? Oh, painful. I can't bring this whole... Set. It, uh, my first <laughs> one didn't hurt that bad. Really? Yeah. Um, this one's going to be a little more in-depth. We'll see. I mean, I'm mean, i very curious. I I'll, will describe the tattoo next week oh, to everybody. Okay. Thank you. Um, also, a couple people reached out. Um, RE, the road trip I talked about taking in August. 
So likely the places that I'm going to be able to um, uh, to maybe do a meetup would be D.C., New York City, and Toronto are probably the three most likely places. Um, nothing set in stone, but yeah, um, we'll we'll try to throw something together because those are the places I can be for more than one night and not like going to a 7 o'clock game, going back to the hotel and getting up the next day to drive to the next <laughs> city. It's going to be quite a road trip. Anyway, um, Hemant, where can we find you? I'm at Hemant Meta on Twitter. Email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, go to um, patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast if you want to replace that guy who probably dropped his, his support <laughs> of us. We could... We could use that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. I often tweet weird things that people yell at me. <laughs> it's very fun for me. Less fun for my husband. It stresses him out a great deal. Um, I think we'll see you next that's week. it. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.